The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, this is Matt Michaels here. I'm the DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how are day-to-day operations going? Ah, they, they're going tremendously. You know, we got a lot of day-to-day things happening. Uh, we, any, you know, any, we got, any truth to the rumors that the uh, the Saudi Arabians might be buying out FSW anytime soon? A lot of negotiations going on. A lot of negotiations. You know, we're, we're hearing it from all angles, all sides. You know, that, that big successful debut on Fight TV. Plus, that's what, that's what I'm hearing. The Fight Plus, uh, you know, has elevated you guys to uh, now the uh, the mid top tier. Is that yes, the mid top tier? So I finally got some of the numbers, and it's like, yeah, you guys did some good numbers. And then I looked at the numbers, and I'm like, okay, are these good? I don't know. They they, you know, I was hoping for a few thousand to be honest with you. But again, I don't know what the subscriber base is. I don't know what a good number is. So, right. and again, it's a day behind. So we only got whatever people watch live and it was fine. It was, you know, close to 10 times what we would have gotten to watch uh, somebody on a pay-per-view that we've been getting recently. But, you know, even if it was a regular pay-per-view, it would be double what we would normally have gotten. So to me, that number's okay. But not everybody watches everything live. So right. with the replays and other things going on Sunday, there's plenty of people who might watch stuff on a Monday or Tuesday. So, you know, when we record this, it's Tuesday, but I haven't gotten anything from Monday's updates yet. You know, I, I finally got who was watching live. So it was okay. You know, uh, you, you have to start somewhere. And, again, it's it's more than we've had. And now let's see the numbers by, you know, the midweek would probably, I I would assume after Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, but by Monday and Tuesday's airings, I'm pretty sure that's 90% of the viewership. And then, right. you know, when we do other shows and we get other things, you know, it, it gets the product on there more. You know, I'm working right. on, you know, some of our bigger stars uh, that are in WWE, maybe putting together a little Fight Plus compilation of Solo Sokoa, Karrion Cross, L.A. Knight, you know, same thing with a Chris Bay or a Brian Cage. So, you know, we, we have to add content. We, we have to right. compete with everybody else. And it's easy to forget about a company who's running one show a month compared with one that's running five different events that month. So GCW right. dominates that, that, that ground, you know, they dominate fight plus and, you know, we got three or four events coming up the, uh, this month on fight plus, And one of them's FSW versus GCW. So, right. you know, it's nice to see a couple of shows beforehand and then see what kind of bump we might get in an FSW GCW show. So we did last time when we did the show and we did the pay-per-views and it was probably the single most watched pay-per-view in FSW history. So, Uh, And in in that case too, I think that that becomes important with um, during the broadcast getting in one or two mentions that FSW can be seen on Fight Plus so that GCW audience starts realizing, oh, wait, okay, I can see this person, I can see that person. 
Um, I think that's one of the keys here is just expansion by accident, where you're going to have a lot of people accidentally finding the product because of the fact that it's going to be available. Um, one thing I, I one thing I like about Fight Plus is when I'm subs I'm not subscribed to Fight Plus, but I have an account with Fight Plus. You know, I'd gotten a pay per view in the past, whatever. So to this day, I'll still get an email where it's given the basic stuff of what's going on, or hey, you know, we just added FSW to Fight Plus. And if you go to Fight TV and it shows you the Fight Plus app and you click it, it'll show you the pro wrestling companies that are a part of Fight Plus. Or right. you can scroll down upcoming events. So that is so much easier when you're yeah. trying to yeah. find people. You know, and again, they got, I believe, I think it was like 17,000. Might even be, I might be totally wrong. On, on the Twitter, uh, I know they got a lot of subscribers. It might be 117,000, to be Probably. honest with you, or 75,000. For some reason, the number seven and five uh, uh, are in my head from when I looked at it because I was just curious because, again, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me the numbers per se. Right. And it was like, hey, how many subscribers you got? Oh, well, we can't give out that information, which – I am not in the business, but I guess that's kind of weird to me. Because it's like right. in regular streaming companies, hey, Disney announces they got this. Is it because it's not publicly traded? But it's like if my money is based on how many minutes I have that, that are watched on our product compared, well, how many minutes are there total? How many subscribers are there total? If I don't know that, I get it, but I am, I'm a trusting person, but I got to take them for their work. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is strange in that aspect. Uh, you nailed it in terms of if they're not a publicly traded company, then the general public never has to know those numbers. However, but shouldn't a person, but shouldn't somebody who is, a cons who is basically part of that company who's relying on the numbers because how do I know what it is if an IWTV or now there's the premier streaming service. Hey, Joe, we want your stuff on here. Well, how many subscribers you got? Well, we got 488. Well, I'm pretty sure fight TV has way more than 488, but right. my perception, again, my perception. They have 118,000 followers on Twitter. I just looked it up. Now, if 10% are paying that, well, that's pretty good. That's 12,000 subscribers. Yeah. Well, if they have 12,000 subscribers and I got 150 views, I don't think I would consider it that good. If I had 500 views, I would consider it okay. But again, I don't know per se these numbers so i can't make any judgments other than hey these are good uh, these numbers look pretty good and i wrote back are these good numbers like i don't know you know uh, what i'm well, saying and and here's another question that i don't know what the answer is and that is let's say uh let's say i stream it live I like it, and I want to go back on Monday and watch it again. Does my number count twice then to the streams, or do they only count single accounts, subscribing accounts, as one actual view of that event? You know what I'm saying? Like so, so if I went in and watched it ten times, does that bump your number? to 10 watches or is it still what do you think one? it's a youtube video what do you think it's a youtube video you watch it a thousand times you got a thousand views i I'm hope it saying. isn't that way to be honest with you i'm assuming it's you know but now the thing is is it like netflix if i have the fight plus account hey matt here's the password and right. now you use the same account so right. technically 
it's two different views. Yep. That's you know that's what I mean? what yeah, that's why it's 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 really strange that there's not that kind of information being fed to you so that you would know the parameters of what you're actually working with. It's mind blowing. Yeah, it's, so it's like, oh, okay. So we're going on your word. And again, I know I know Michael Weber. I, you know, they, they have a lot of people on there. Can anybody fudge a few numbers? Sure. But I guess there's data for it. But you have to go in there, you know, open-minded, and you got to be trusting, which, you know, Wrestling 101 is always never trust anybody. So, you know. Well, it, it's the, kind of uncomfortable because you can't get the answers you're looking for. Right. And the and the reason that you would want these answers is because of the fact that that's the idea behind the, you know, what the revenue sharing essentially is. If they don't give you any information, then basically the deal they can cut with you is X, Y and Z as compared with you knew exactly what was going on you could be like well hey wait we're skewing this way and you guys are still saying this is what we're doing it's it's just fascinating to me that 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 yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to pick brett's brain brain at gcw because they're a company who was in the forefront of really helping you know, them and fight were hand in hand. Them going on fight and fight having GCW up both brands. And at a $15 pay-per-view, GCW might offer a package at Mania Weekend for the Collective. And there might be 10 shows. So instead of 15 bucks, it breaks down to 11 because it's $119 or something, okay? Right. Well, you know, the, the way it works, you know, nobody gave me a NDA or nothing. Uh, we get $6 for every 15 on the paper because I think the Google platform owns it. They get a, pro, a, a percentage, maybe a third, right. and then it gets split, okay? So... If GCW is getting $6 for every 15 and they're doing a collective package at $48, they get 50 bucks per se. Right. This year they offered the collective on the $8 a month platform. So I would be led to believe that the reason they did that was because they would make more money on the Fight Plus platform than getting right. six bucks ahead from everybody who bought it. Because business-wise, hey, how much do we make if we do the pay-per-view? Oh, 8,000. Oh, how much do we make if we do it on Fight Plus? 4,000. Well, who would take the offer of 4,000? You know right. what I mean? So in the long run, I have to believe that GCW that seemingly does great business everywhere they go in terms of financially, you know, first three rows at Silver Nuggets sold out. Front row is, is 75 bucks, you know? Yeah. So they're making the right business moves. So if they're doing it and Sammy Callahan's doing it and Black Label Pro's doing it, and all these other companies that have that niche fan base, you know, Sammy's huge in, in Iowa. Everybody doesn't have the reach GCW does, as we right. saw. We did FSW Revolver. There's a lot of Impact fans or Sammy Callahan fans. We're, you know, we're the main company in Vegas. They're the main company in Des Moines, Iowa. The Black Label's the main company in Illinois. If they're making all these decisions to bypass the pay-per-view model and go to the fight plus platform i'm okay with it i just would like you know the opportunity to know more of the numbers right no it makes a lot of sense um speaking of the fight tv uh plus uh fight plus tv debut was day of reckoning uh 
what was your general thoughts on the event? It was a pretty hot crowd, a pretty uh, packed crowd, and a nice amount of people uh, for an FSW arena show. Um, the last two arena shows that you've done have been on fire. And I think it, it goes to show that everyone's like firing on all cylinders and really pumped up to uh, not only perform, but the fans are really thirsty for a lot of what the guys have been putting out there in the stories they've been presenting in the matches. Well, you know, see how much easier it is when I don't have to do anything but just book a show. It's just mind boggling that my brain, the brain waves are able to like reconnect. But in, in, in all honesty, you know, re wrestling is perception. And I did nothing over, but over the last month presented this as an FSW arena super show. This is a show that could have been at a casino. Shows that are casinos, there's people who will definitely come to regardless of what it is. It could be a right. Mecca. It could be a no escape. It could be an anniversary. It could be survival of the fittest. It doesn't matter. It's an arena show. We get hyped for it harder to get hyped there's no there's no liquor there's no you know food other than you know m&ms and candy and popcorn you know what right. i'm saying so right. drawing the casual fan why am i coming to the arena show well the sell is day of reckoning should have been at the casino things didn't work out we got huge title matches and then the other matches were very important toward progress, progressing the storylines to what we're hoping to do for the anniversaries. Right. You know, we had Jordan Cruz finally make his decision on where he was going to, you know, lay his head at night. And obviously it was with Devin Reno in class, now known as the Billionaire Boys Club. And, you know, they passed on the name of the 1%. I don't know why. You know, I still own it. And then speaking of the 1%, what a hot start to the, to the show. Damn. The 1% West Coast Wrecking Crew came out. Man, Jarrell was insane. The match started out and they were killing the faction. And I was joking, but I was also serious. The West Coast Wrecking Crew, they were a great team, two-time FSW Tag Team Champions. They were heels. They were kind of faces. So there was people who really liked them, and there was people who really didn't. Right. But a day of reckoning, people loved them. And right. they were hot. For, their, for them to become the new champs once again for the third time. So that got the show off to an extremely hot start. Well, can, so we, there can, was, can, we also give, can we also give the credit, too, for the fact that the faction have been so good at getting the heat that absolutely you want to see them get their asses beat by this team which is a legitimate team and could legitimately take those titles from them. I mean, it, it was a brilliant way to open up the show. No, no, no doubt. And, you know, I'm not going to take all the credit in the world. You know, people like to say I take credit even when it's not due. But uh, Jarrell uh, had a bail. Uh, he, he's part of the group of wrestlers that do those uh, mocap videos for the WWE video games. Right. And thankfully for that, it pays the wrestlers very, very well. So it's a little easier to give uh, the Joe DeFalco break when you're making good money the next day or two because they're there for two or three days. You know, right. Chris Bay's done it for a long time. Kevin, Kenny King has did it for years. Even Tyshawn used to do it. That's how he knew Lance Hoyt and Sanjay Dutt and TJP and Trey Miguel. And so many of these guys go in there every month and do that. Uh, L.A. Knight, I'm pretty sure Cross did it. 
So let's, let's uh, Jarrell was like, hey, I got to kind of bail. I got to catch a flight at a certain time. Can we get on earlier? And then I talked with Remy a little, and it was like, okay, are we gonna be? It's gonna be one or two. Either way, it's one or two. Usually, I like to start the scramble off at two. I mean, at one. And then right. it was like, you know what? Okay, we'll we'll go with this. And man, it, it it was a rapid fire tag team match that had the fans, you know, in a frenzy from the very beginning. Even the pre-show, man, I was in the back, and all of a sudden I hear Jimmy Jack get announced, and again. Man, it was a capacity crowd. We had to add that second row of chairs in front of the bleachers. That's how busy it got. Yeah. So, you know, we were very, very happy with the turnout. And again, so much happened. Whether it was title matches or things that happened. Uh, for example, you know, Jay Vidal helped uh, Danny Limelight win the No Limits Championship. And then uh, Jay Vidal did the uh, Wall of Fame ceremony where it came out that he was the one who helped Danny Limelight. But him and Matt Vandegriff had not been in the same room together since that. since that, you know, other than at the Mecca. And, you know, Matt requested the match, and unfortunately Jay came out on top. But we never saw any connection uh, between the Puerto Rican posse, Danny Limelight, and Jay Vidal until the ending of the Danny Limelight, Jacob Austin Young match, where all of a sudden you heard these loud noises, and I guess it was Bodie's head bouncing off the the aluminum uh, door that comes down, and out comes Jay Vidal. And, you know, that is a force to be reckoned with. So, and then Kenny King made Dave out of nowhere and 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 but Kenny was on commentary he's basically one of the main trainers for for Bodie so wait, I, so wait it, I I was under the impression that Kenny was actually the reason he was there is because he was actually getting there from uh you know that 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 was the day pool arriving. well that was him from arriving the day pool <laughs> no, it was, it was him arriving for for teaching class last Tuesday or last Wednesday. He finally got there. Oh, and he was uh, late. No, no. Uh, what happened was uh, I knew they were at the pool because yeah. Danny Limelight got a message from Chris Bay. <laughs> all and then all of a sudden, for the next hour and a half, everybody's like, "Hey, where's Limelight? Jacob Austin Young, where's Limelight?" And you know, we're getting close to showtime. It's like, is he here today? And I'm like, dude, he was here two hours ago. I'm like, that mu- that motherfucker must have went to the pool. Every everyone and their mother on social media, that's all you're seeing are these pictures of, of them at the pool. And it's like, isn't the show <laughs> coming up? You know, and well. I don't know how uh, Kenny King and Danny Limelight interacted at the pool, but uh, there sh- there sure wasn't a lot of friendship going on inside the ring, calling him an old man, and and I'm going to be the first. We're going to announce it May 13th. Nice, Kenny nice. King, Jacob Austin Young, and Bodie versus Danny Limelight, Jay Vidal, and a member of the Bodega. Oh, might and, be seeing and, a new, might be seeing a new face in the bodega, wow. from the bodega. Are 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 you announcing that you might be the third person, Joe? I will not be the third person. It will be uh, officially a member or an original member of the bodega. So. Oh, oh, wow. If you know who the uh, bodega is, yeah, and it's not the guy that we've already seen, then you kind of know who it is. But since it hasn't been confirmed yet. Yep. Uh, so, and, that, and that's impressive, Joe. I got to say, because if if it is who, who we're. All right, let's just say it. Let's just say it's supposed to be Papo Esco. He'll be yeah. making his FSW debut. We're just trying yeah. to uh, dot the I's and. Cross the T's. Wow. That's fucking amazing. Once once again, that's 
that's someone who uh, the what him what him and limelight did in establishing the bodega um you know papa asco is just phenomenal so to see that as a uh, a three on three whew, man talk and about, it, no i was gonna say talk about uh you know someone like bodie uh I hope he realizes how lucky he is to be getting the chance to be in the ring with guys like that. It's it's just unbelievable, man. You know, you hope also, but you also got to realize at the age of 15, you're probably pretty excited to even be in the ring with Brandon G. You know what I'm saying? I love how you use the word probably. <laughs> I'm just saying probably, you know. And we're also going to do another six-person tag, but this time all women. Ooh. And we're, yeah, and we're still uh, finalizing, but uh, Brittany Brooks will be back May 13th. Excellent. Gypsy Mack will be back May 13th. And we're basically pulling uh, six of the, of the ladies from the Battle Royal. And so we're trying to make sure we can get the, the six from there. If not, then we got to pull from elsewhere. But I'm pretty yeah. certain, you know, we're going to have a nice uh, six-woman tag. Uh, Gregory Sharp will be uh, defending the Nevada State title. And I can announce that Fresco and Watson, they're right back in it. You know, they're going to defend the titles on May 13th against the Regulators. We got the big victory over the Suavecitos a couple of weeks back. And the Suavecitos, uh, not too happy. And then also, as we prepare for the anniversary show, we're going to have a couple of qualifying matches for the Cash in the Case ladder match. That, by the way, Braxton has to cash in before the Cash in the Case ladder match 2023. So, so let me ask you now. You just said it before that ladder match. So the opportunities are either on May thirteenth, or literally before that match happens on the anniversary show. Correct. Well, it could happen at FSW GCW if Gregory Sharp's there, or that's, if that's I, or if Ice is there, or the tag. You know, they are the tag guys, and they are the heavyweight guys. So it really limits Braxton. And I'll be honest with you, he better look into the – he should look at the bylaws because I think the only shot he might have, and probably not, is to go after Viva Van, but I'm pretty sure she'd kick his ass too. Does it it say he cannot cash in for a GCW belt? Uh, He cannot, only for FSW. Okay. But I'm right. pretty sure I would change the rule if he wants to go after Masha or Nick Gage or somebody like that. Oh, man. Braxton versus Nick Gage. I think <laughs> I think, I think you'd have a lot of people paying to see that one, man. Uh, yeah, I, I'd even pay for that one. <laughs> um, I was throwing you know, out the idea of Nick Gage and Natural Born Killers. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That, the the question is though that do you wow has nick has nick wrestled a match where he has yes a- he has wrestled at natural born killers not at natural born killers at blood sport blood sport yeah. i think he did one of the early ones when uh matt riddle was running okay yeah and i believe he was victorious i remember he res- he fought on the first one <clears throat> Can't remember who it was. It was the first or second one that Matt Riddle ran. Wow. And I was like, wow, Nick Gates fought on this. Interesting. Did he bring a screwdriver? I don't know. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Pizza it's like, cutter. Pizza cutter. <laughs> the pizza cutter. Uh, uh, you know, getting back to uh, Dave Reckoning, one of the uh, – one of the things you mentioned was, uh, you know, Jordan Cruz eventually joining Reno in class, but he had that scramble. He won that five-way scramble. Um, what did you think about the performance overall in that scramble, especially uh, Dante King and Chris Nasty, who, you know, both of those guys um, are just 
really solid guy. More talent to, you know, to if they're available, put into the mix, which is amazing. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I did not see the majority of a couple of the matches, and that was one of them. Okay. But the feedback I heard was, for some people, that was the best match on the show, which is kind of crazy when you saw what the – and, again, this was before the main event happened. But people were like, "Oh, this this was a, this was a really, really, really good match." So uh, normally we get it up the day after, but because it was with the Fight Plus, we got to have the link for our guys. So I will definitely uh, check out that one because I also missed a good amount of the main event. I heard a lot of the main event, but I didn't get to see a lot of the main event. So, but from what I hear and saw. Uh, you know, the, the stipulation was was perfect. Uh, the crowd got behind Nick a lot. And again, as you talked about, you know, the heat of the faction, yeah. you know, despite Ice bringing the, uh, the posse with them, uh, they were definitely overshadowed by the Nick Xander fans and yeah. the hatred for Ice from the rest of the fans. Is is it uh, is it now a reoccurring thing that if Ice's brother is in the building, a door is getting broken? I, I heard about that. <laughs> I was not aware of it until Nick Xander had brought it up to me after the show. Yeah, it's it's just, you know his brother trained a little, so you know he has the itch. So I guess yeah. if uh, he can get involved, he will. So he does have some training. So it isn't like, you know, he, he, he has no idea what to do in there. You know, he was progressing okay. And then the pandemic hit, and then he, you know, from that point on, we've only seen him supporting ICE. Yeah. Um, so what was probably yeah. the, the clip highlight that um, anyone could go to YouTube and see uh, of Xander actually – Skillfully balancing himself on that rail on bleacher. Think about that. We're talking bleachers and, you know, those railings on bleachers going up and down the bleacher are so thin. Um, it's very much like a, a rope. Um, so I could see the, the equivalency of doing that, but to get yourself up there to get balanced and to do that while you have a full set of bleachers and people are moving it was mind blowing that he was able to get up their balance and then to do the, you know, essentially like a swanton uh, flip uh, and land it beautifully on ice uh, and, and, you know, break that door. Um, the question I have for you being that I know you do like uh, a lot of the high flying stuff, but I also do know that you grew up like me in an era where there was a lot of uh, more storytelling and a lot of more uh, bigger guys and, and, and having that, um, you know, the, the brute, the hard hitting, um, the headlocks and the grunts and all that kind of stuff. For you, do you see that kind of stuff, especially in the day of going viral, as something that is an elevation of a performer or is it something that is more of a, a stunt worked into a match and it works because of how they put it into the match as opposed to just doing it. Um, I mean, how do you look at those huge spots? Um, and, and you've said it before, guys like Eli Everfly do, you know, just some of the most remarkable stuff. Matt Vandergrift does some, some great uh, stuff where you see and you just go, how the hell did this person just do that? For you, is professional wrestling that mix of having, you know, the, the heavy hitters, the big guys, the storytelling, but also having the, you know, the stunts and the high flying as well? Is that what makes it so popular today? Yeah, it's totally different. What people understand, okay, I'm 58 years old. I started watching wrestling when I was probably five years old. And you watched as wrestling changed. <clears throat> you know, when I started watching wrestling, Bruno San Martino 
was the guy. And then when Bob Backlund won, I kind of drifted out and then came back. Probably I knew about WrestleMania 1 and 2, but I was fully entrenched at WrestleMania 3. Right. Okay. And I remember the whole build up to Macho Man and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And again, I wasn't nine. I was 18, probably, because about 83, 84. So 80, all I remember was. 1987. 1987. Okay, there you go. So I was 22. Now, again, I'm still a little naive to the business. You know, I understand what's going on in certain things. But, you know, I remember the whole, you know, crust larynx thing with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And then I remember I was watching, and I never watched the show. And I remember turning the channels. It was a Friday night, and it was a show called Sidekicks. Sidekicks. And. I couldn't even tell you. Was it? Was it? Uh, I don't even know who the dude was. Yeah. But in the show, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was on, and I'm right. like, you know, because sometimes injuries are real. Bruno San Martino really broke his neck, you right. know, against Dan Hansen, and it was like, wow, it was such an elaborate work that it took eight nine months where they kept Ricky the Dragon Steamboat off television. And then they brought him back right around for the WrestleMania thing. And I loved that style. And then it went to the 90s, and it was The Rock and Mankind, and I used to love the Cactus Jack elbow from the canvas down down to the floor. Yeah. But a lot of reasoning is people say, oh, wrestling today, it sucks. Oh, it's just a bunch of gymnasts. But if you continually watched, you always saw the evolvement of it. So similar to a guy like Disco, who's a few years younger than me, he's not that old timer that shits all over the new stuff. Right. As a trainer, he was big on you got to sell, you got to make it seem important. That's what I ask. You know, I go in there and, you know, the, the, the eye rolls of the super kick, bounce off, super kick, bounce off, bad, 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 bad. You know, that, that, that is borderline ridiculous. Now, right. if Nick Xander jumps off the top of, uh, of the metal railings, on, breaks a door, and then pops up two seconds later, or ice pops up two seconds later, to go do something just as crazy, I would go nuts. Of course I would. Yeah. But when have you seen Nick Xander do anything like that over his two-year career? Never. Yeah. So obviously, it was an important moment for him because he felt that could be what makes him the FSW heavyweight champion. And right. he's pulling something out of the playbook that you've never seen before. Yeah. That him do. And you can talk about a guy like, Matt Vandergriff. Sure, he does a lot of stuff, but there's so many times you watch and his moveset, good shit, whatever, but you'll see something that you hadn't seen before that he probably was working on. Yeah. So, because if you see something cool that Matt Vandergriff, Eli Everfly, Jay Vidal, whoever it is, do something super cool, oh, that was great. And then they do it the next week, and the next week, and the next right. week, and it never leads to a pin. Well, then how great was it? Yeah. You know, it, it's like I hate people doing the DDT that don't even go for a cover, and if they do, they barely get a one count. Like that's right. sacred to me. And it ain't just D. It ain't just Jake the Snake. It was when Raven hit the even flow. It was Dunzo. Yep. You know. Randy Orton hits the RKO and seven years in John Cena or the rock or somebody's kicking out DDP right. hits the diamond cutter. Nobody's getting up. And that's right. what a true finisher is. And unfortunately it gets bastardized by everybody has to do the cutters and they do this and all they are are transition moves into other things. Right. That's what I don't like when I see the newer generation of stuff. I need to see selling. I need to see emotion. I need 
you know, there's passion. Right. You know, I'm watching Hero Lou and Che Cabrera. And despite what's happening with TBD, Hero gets love. Okay. Yep. Now we go and Shogun wrestles Tito Escondido. Well, this is a big match for uh, Shogun, you know. Originally, he was supposed to fight Che, but he wanted the best. As good as he said Che Cabrera is, Tito Escondido is the measuring stick for a guy like him who should be looked at as a contender for any championship around. He wrestles. Che Cabrera gets out there. Doesn't really do much. But once he gets involved, despite everything going on, Hero going to do what Hero going to do, he comes out. The crowd goes crazy. The crowd feels, hey, the superpowers are going to reignite. And it backfires. It's, you know, he didn't get pinned, but he didn't win the match. And it just led to more turmoil. But the, but the crowd eagerly was anticipating that no matter what they saw, you know, these guys are friends. They're hoping that things are going to work out between them. And that's the but, emotion part. And that's what sets FSW apart from a lot of the other shows even the ones right. in town because most of them are just hey that's a good match that's a good match that's a good match well the, of course if you put two good people and have them wrestle each other and they're really good it should be a good match yeah but if you have two really good people wrestle each other and there's emotion behind it and there's a story behind it it gets people enthralled in the story Nick right. Xander and Ice Williams built this up over a two-plus-month period to get yeah. to the point where we got to have closure. And Ice finally broke out with a major win without any help from the faction. Yeah. You know, he's not a, he's not a paper champion. You know, I like to bust balls and – but the bottom line is, yeah, he uses the faction all the time. And again, we've always known in the past, he didn't have to, but he likes taking the shortcuts. Right. But it's not because he has to. He takes the shortcuts because it's shorter. It's easier. He saw what happened with Funny Bone and him. He may not have escaped with that No Limits title if it wasn't for the faction. So... In life, some people want the easy way and some people want the hard way. And Ice Williams is a guy who's going to take the easy way out if he has the opportunity. But don't discredit him or believe that he's not capable. Right. Yeah, I know. That's that's absolutely true. And it's going to be uh, very interesting to see where Ice goes here. Uh like you said, you you know, we still got the collective weekend and then the anniversary show a few, uh, a couple weeks after that. So very interesting to see. And uh, sidekicks, Gil Gerard, Buck Rogers himself was the, uh, the star of sidekicks. Um, oh, really? Was it? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was him. And I that, think it was that, that Mino Pellucci or somebody. I remember the little kid. Yeah. Little blonde kid. I remember. Well, actually, no. It, so, the blonde kid you're thinking of um, the movie Sidekicks, which came out in '92, but in the show it was uh, a uh, Asian kid, uh, Ernie Re Ernie Reyes Jr. was his name. Oh, I know who he is. He's still acting yeah. today. Yeah. Is he Asian? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Hmm. There you go. little history lesson uh, for anyone who, there you uh, go. who's never heard of sidekicks, which I think it was ABC, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, that, that, that it was. I do remember that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, May 13th, obviously. Uh, that's the next show coming up at the FSW Arena. Um, 
any updates on uh, then the uh, the collective? What's going on uh, with uh, the what is it? The double or nothing weekend here for AEW. Um, any new uh, new announcements? Anything? Uh, you know. That yes, we, we we have one more announcement that by the time you hear this, uh, it'll probably be out. Uh, Viva Van will be wrestling Billy Starks in the FSW wow. uh, GCW uh, event. Uh, I talked with uh, Brett a little bit. Same thing with the Silverton. Still trying to iron everything out. It's like, you know, I get an email once a week whether I need it or not. And it's like, can we, like, speed this up? It is now May 2nd, and yeah. it was six days ago when we had to get some of the verbiage straightened out uh, about the complimentary tickets that might go to the vet ticks. Like right. I'm not paying the, the service fee. And it was like, well, how many do you need? Okay. And that was six days ago. And it's like, let's go. We got to get the shit out there. People are asking me, they want to get tickets. Right. Because if it ain't going to happen, then we got to scamper and, you know, and I know the, the anniversary is June 18th and we're into May. So it seems like crap. It's a month away. Fortunately, right. it's still seven weeks away. Long month of May, you know, it's seven weeks before that show. Wow. But I still want to get everything in place because I have to focus on AEW weekend, which is three weeks away. I got to focus on May 13th, which is 10 days away. We don't have any shows between AEW weekend and June 18th for the anniversary. We may slide in like the week after like a, a small future shock. But, you know, I think the town might be a little overkill. So unless we're going to do like a family friends type show, it makes no sense. So the buildup for the anniversary has to be all done pretty much on the May 13th event. Right. So Ice Williams just vanquished Nick Xander. Like, okay. Obviously, Ice has to have a very worthy opponent. So at this point, there's no storylines involved. So that means I might have to go out and see what big name might be available to go along with the other big names that we'll be announcing very shortly. You uh, know, Moose hit me up yesterday, so been wanting to come back. It would be nice to see Moose back. It would be nice to see Moose back. Uh, right, Moose but then after he Williams. destroys Ice Williams for the title, then I got to bring him back again. Well, you know, I'm sure Moose will give you the uh, the DeFalco uh, discount as long as you hook him up with. Well, that's the, why uh, it took so long to get him because you know he was staying away from the uh, the Joe rate. So right now he seems to be willing to do the uh, Joe rate. That's it, yeah. well, not really the Joe rate. The close to the Joe rate. Um. Uh, when you look then at um, Silverton, um, I'm glad you brought that up because what I find fascinating is for the past, I don't know, six weeks, I guess, uh, every time you pass that place, you see the advertising for Metalachi coming up on May 5th for Cinco de Mayo. It's great because you get to see all that advertising for such a long time that it just kind of becomes ingrained. Is right. We talked about this a month and a half ago. So we would have had it yeah. up for close to 60 days yeah. of 10. You know, I think I'm underestimating when I say 10,000 cards a day. Probably to be honest, because it's, it's, you know, you, you've got two veins there. You've got the freeway, which has the, the big sign. And then you have, there are two uh, little marquees on Blue Diamond, and you have stoplights for both of those. So right. I always used to look for it when we would get them. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, it's it, that to me is the frustrating thing, I and mean, it's got to be driving you mad that um, every day that right. goes a, a bill a billboard like that for a week would cost me a thousand dollars. And it's the same focus of uh, 
you know, every we get 30 seconds and then they play five other videos. Right. So with the billboards that are mobile, you're getting it for 10 seconds. So right. you got to see that shit quick. At 30 and seconds, at, at 30 seconds, you're going to be able to see what it is. At 10 seconds, right. depending where it is, the way you're driving 60, 70 miles an hour, I get it on a lot of the highways. It, it's slowed down. But when it's not slowed down, 10 seconds, boom, you're barely going to be able to see what it even is. And at right. 30 seconds right. that we get at the Silverton, that is as valuable as the cost of the room. Yeah. And it's <laughs> the, the cool thing about their video board is that you can actually put video. So it, it attracts the eye to where if you're sitting at a stoplight, and a lot of times you see the ad at least twice while you're sitting at one of those stoplights because they're so long. The cool thing is, is that if you see, you know, this guy getting hit, that guy flipping, you know, something that catches your eye, then it's almost, uh, you know, because those 10 second billboards, the problem is, is that it really is like you have to read it. And it's almost impossible to see exactly what I'm looking at and where it is in those 10 seconds. But here with the Silverton, you get to see an image. You get to see something that you can easily identify as pro wrestling. And I think that that is something that's very valuable, um, especially if, you know, you're driving with your kids and all of a sudden, wait, what is that, dad? So, yeah, it's it's crazy that it's uh, it's taken them this long. Um, you know, like you said, the box office and the vet ticks. Is it close now? Do you think that it looks like everything will be ironed out within the next week? You know, it, it really is minor issues. The 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 venue price is agreed upon. OK. The, the technical aspect was added on. It's not, a, it's not a game changer. It's not like, oh, forget it. We're not going to do it because we've got to pay the audio engineer. But right. if you're charging me for 10 hours and I only need him for five, well, let's have him only in for five, and I pay him for the five. So that should be a simple fix. If you're getting $100 an hour, for 10 hours, but I need you for five. I'm not paying you a thousand dollars. I'd be paying you 500 for a job that you're supposed to do. So right. let's just get that in check, which again is no problem. Uh, we have to change the August 27th date. So they wanted all the money up front, which is fine, but I gotta, you know, I gotta go through your box office so I don't get paid till almost a month after our show. But I right. got to pay for two shows in full in advance in May. Like, right. okay, I get I got to pay the anniversary show. No problem. Here you go. Here's your money. Oh, wait. I got a show almost in September, and I got to give you all the money for that on May 18th, too. Like, yeah. what? how about you just give me two separate contracts? Simple. simple. It's for each event. Okay? We've agreed on the price. You added the surcharge. Not going to squawk about it. it is what it is all i need is my complimentary tickets to some of my sponsors they don't purchase a ticket they've already they've already bought packages that includes a ticket right you know a person who's been with me for a long time i'm not charging their wife to come in but i'm not going to pay four dollars and fifty cents for 20 wives to come in or their kid Right. That shouldn't. That's a complimentary ticket. You shouldn't tell me at my event how many complimentary tickets I'm allowed. I could put a thousand complimentary tickets and run a free show there if I'm paying right. you the room the room rate that you asked me to pay. Yeah. So I I don't know what the holdup is and why it takes so long. It's like I message you. You message me back six days later. Within twenty minutes, I message you. And now I'm still waiting six days later. Yeah, yeah. So why couldn't you message me five minutes later? 
Like, let's get this done and over with. Let's put it out there. Everybody's excited. We have the we have the 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 flyers are done. Silverton, Silverton. We've agreed to everything, but I'm still a little leery because of what happened at Diversion. Right. So, you know, I don't want to go all in, and then something changes the last minute, and then we're we're screwed. So, like to me, it's ninety eight percent done. All you got to do is say. It has nothing to do with anything that they make money on. It's a right. complimentary ticket. Just give me my tickets. Crazy. That's crazy that that because little. Have, right. And I also have to fight with the fact that our wrestlers sell tickets. So when I give you 10 tickets, Matt, I got to pay $45 in fees. And I give him 10 tickets. So I got to give out 100 tickets. Yeah. That's $450 in fees. Well, if only 30 of those 100 get sold, I now had to pay $4.50 for 75 tickets. Yeah. That isn't right either. So give me my consignment tickets. I'll take what I need because I right. could sell through our own website and then give them the Silverton ticket. That includes all the fees, so they're still getting all their money. But let our fans just buy the tickets wherever they're going to. You know, Jamie, Fred, Heather, they're going to pay at the door anyway. Right. You know, and then, you know, box office, the box office, everything's got to be through the box office. Like, what's the difference? It's 2023. Everything's mobile these days. That's a great, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, years ago. People don't get physical tickets. Right. (laughs) And and years ago, I remember I did something where um, I had to produce it. Uh, box office wise because of the fact that I was using a a facility that used Ticketmaster Um, and the deal back then you know some some 25 30 years ago was the fact that Ticketmaster uh, the building upcharged you because of that fact that they had to print out the physical tickets so back then it was an excuse. You were absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. We had we went through Samstown with UNLV tickets. We had to pay a dollar for every ticket printed. <clears throat> so if I gave out two hundred comps, that was still two hundred dollars that I had to pay for. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't exactly. matter that it was a comp ticket; it was a printed ticket. It was a printed. So ticket. they got you everywhere. They got you the LET, the printed ticket. Oh, if you order on the phone. Or the thing, and you use your credit card, they charge you another 7% on top of that. And it was this giant scam. But at least with Samstown, I'd get consignment tickets. And then at the end of the day, then they would go through the paperwork and say, okay, well, we gave you $1,500 worth of tickets. So we're going to take that $1,500 off of what we owe you from the tickets that were sold. So at least I still have, tic- I still have money on hand in that right. situation. So, but the Silverton hired an outside agency and we dealt with him the one last show. And that was a fucking nightmare. Cause I'm like, we have complimentary tickets. And they were just like, oh, okay. Cause we can't print the ticket. We got to charge you for the ticket. Like it would just be like, let them in. So like nobody had nothing. We would just let people in basically. Wow. So it was pretty much a fucking nightmare. Well, there you, there you go. Everybody want to produce a wrestling show? <laughs> Man, uh, final thoughts uh, as we wrap up this week, Joe. Yeah, well, well, well needed vacation. I'm going to be gone on Saturday for about five days with the wife, so getting out of getting out of town, relaxing, trying to get everything in check for May 13th already. So when I get back, it's the Thursday, but everything should be done. Uh, Mikey's got me some uh, individual talent graphics already. So by Friday, by the time I leave, uh, I will have uh, internet access, but I will not have phone access. Oh, that's nice. That's that's pretty sweet. Yes. So, uh, final question for you: uh, Raw drafted Zoe Starks. What do you think about the potential of? Uh, you know, Lacey on the raw brand and uh, do they utilize her correct? Well, let's face it. If, if Hunter is 
like they say in charge you know hunter's a huge fan of hers and her work ethic so could it be something that we see her get elevated pretty quickly in that women's division on raw well i have to believe that whether triple h is in charge or or vince is overseeing everything and making those decisions how he can't look at her and say wow this this is a really talented person you know sure. because there's some there's some people in that women's division that i think yeah they're okay they're they're you know to me that the roster is bloated and for for zoe being on raw is better because it's a three-hour show instead of a two-hour show right so right. if you're on a two-hour show it's a lot harder to, to get to you know to break that ceiling uh of who's there you know again i i, I saw oscar got moved to smackdown uh i think bailey and crew are still on raw no uh, Bianca, the whole all all three of uh the bailey uh Oh, are they on SmackDown now? Yeah. So they've so it's going to be the numbers game, you know, and it's like if she's a solo act, where does she lie in, gar in regards of, yeah, maybe she gets on and she's jobbing out because the, the, the top tier girls are there. Right. How does she get time to be built? But with three hours, you know, hopefully they can introduce her because in reality she had a good she had a really good moment at the rumble she lasted a long time but that was a while back you know right they need to reintroduce her and and get her rolling you know it's like cameron grimes was called up five months ago and they never used him so and he and he finally got drafted to smackdown so i got drafted well he was already supposed to be on smackdown so he got drafted back to the brand he was going to be on I saw L.A. Knight and uh, L.A. Knight and Cross. They're still on SmackDown. It's crazy. So LA, uh, so Cross attacks Nakamura to set up the program, and now Nakamura's on uh, Raw. And they're saying they're not going to make guys go from back and forth. So does that mean the feud's over? And that's Cross won the feud because he beat up Nakamura uh, backstage one show. It, it's it's always interesting when they do the draft because of and I'm like surprised that. and I'm surprised that Braun Breaker was not he was not considered a free agent or raw or smackdown it's like do they feel he's not ready to come up and he's just going to wallow because at this point it's wallowing you know he was the champ for a long time his his you know his peak has been hit the the champion of nxt now all they can do is kind of lull him until they have him ready and it's like He's a big guy. He was the champ. I can't see why he didn't get drafted, to be honest with you. And and it seems, too, in that case, um, for whatever reason, they wanted to see him work heel for a while and try to – I got I to – see, and that's so hard because if you think about it, I mean, you bring a guy like that up, why wouldn't he be a face who could potentially go against Roman? You know, you start asking those types of questions. So I, I got no issues because he's not going to go after Roman right away anyway. So right. to me, I look at him and, and he he looks like he'd be a, a good heel to me. Yeah. And no, I, I, I don't see Braun Breaker as a long-term baby face. It's like L.A. Knight. They may like him and love him, but his his quick wit and sarcasm and the way he speaks down to people exudes yeah. Yeah. being a monster heel well you saw and they did the same thing with zoe too i mean zoe was a face for the longest time and then they you know they got a taste of what she could do as a heel and when she proved that she could work both sides you bring well they up. had to bring her up they made her she came up as a face put her in the title picture she lost they turned her heel put her right in the title picture and she lost well right. what is there to go now right and you know she, i thought well she got she got you you could tell she was going to get called up because for the last what four to six weeks she's put over all the women she needed to put over that are are going to be the ones still in the big picture of nxt which i thought she 
no one can do it better because she never once looked weak in losing any of those matches, which is mind blowing when you think about being able to um, to go out and have enough confidence in yourself and your work rate <laughs> to lose these matches, ultimately knowing that eventually it's because you're going to the next level. It's crazy. Well, she's also had some uh, legends really uh, have some kind words. Yep. Uh, the two alone I saw was Mickey James and Mark Henry. Yeah. And Mark Henry calls her, you know, a future world champion. Yep. And that's a guy, you know, I get it. He, he does the podcast stuff, but he is an AEW guy at this point. Right. Like, you know, he has to really feel strongly about somebody from another company to put them over. And he's yeah. not with that yeah. company. So he actually has to pay attention and watch stuff to see it. Mickey James is the impact champion, and she's putting over Zoe Stark. Oh, oh, oh Joe. Oh, Joe, you are weeks behind on your impact. What? They took the belt off her? Does that mean she's gone? I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The, uh, the the last rodeo tour, or whatever they were calling it, is pretty much wrapped up. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo is now your impact women's champion. No, no I know she wasn't the champ, all right? I was saying Mickey James from Impact, but when she made the statements, she was working with Impact. And Nick yeah. Aldis is there. Don't ever say never on that one. Of uh... Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> although although what a weird. She was she's with him forever, and then Nick finally joins, and when he joins, her contract's up, and she abrupt she abruptly quits. Right. She don't even defend. She don't even lose. She don't even drop the title. Yeah. All Didn't right. Did she everyone. give it up? She gave it up. Yep. Yeah. She gave it up, and Deanna Perazzo, uh picked up the uh, the win. So, uh, and I think that was about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, yeah, enjoy. Impact's had bad luck with women champions uh, putting over somebody for the belt. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, again, uh, the next big show coming up is May 13th. But for now, you can uh, go to Fight Plus TV and uh, catch the replay of uh, Day of uh, Reckoning. And um, also check out the uh, FSW Network, uh, which you can currently get for, is it still $6.99 right now? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do some research with. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to message Ben. So. All right, Drop everyone. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week.